Hang on. Oh, look who it is. It's Jan Fran. Oh, my God. It's me. Jan Fran in the Bang Fam again. How are you doing? I'm so happy that you're back. I'm so happy that I've been accepted back into the Bang Fam. You were never unaccepted. I know, but you know when you do it once. Do you feel like you did something wrong and you weren't going to be invited back? Oh, who knows? I always <laughs> think that I do something wrong and then I'm invited back. And I'm like, maybe they like me. No, we know that you You know that we love you. And I asked you to do Jan Fran, who, of, of course, if you recognise the voice, has been part of the Bang Fan before, host of The Feed on SBS, home of the Frant. Home of the Frant, exactly. Um, and also a woman about town who has a lot of opinions, which is why I asked you last time to bang on, a few months ago now, yeah. and I asked you to bang on uh, for a second week because Miffy was away and you couldn't do it because you were too busy doing things. But I was, I was so excited when you said yes this time. Yeah, well, I was probably busy just banging on in a different location yeah. at that point. But, <laughs> but here I am and I'm so happy to be to be back in the Bang Fam. I love all you guys. Miffy is away this week. She's on a little bit of a break. Jan Fran's stepping in. And so much has happened this week, as it does every week. We've always got stuff to bang on about. But I was particularly excited um, to talk to you about this because I know that you've been across this. There's been two different big stories around the US Open and particularly what some of the female players have been wearing. French player Elise Cornet got a code violation for basically changing her shirt on the court. Now, she had a sports bra on. And it looked—it was like a full-on tank top, pretty much underneath. And and regardless of which, who cares? Male play, players change their top all the time without punishment. It was a bizarre story, wasn't it? That she got told off for this. I'm I'm kind of flipping out. Like everyone was stumped. She was stumped when she got the code violation. She was like, uh, "Sorry, what?" Andy Murray's mum was stumped, yeah. rightly so. She tweeted something about it. But this is this is sort of what happened, right? So she um, kind of emerges and she'd changed her outfit. She'd realised that her top was on the wrong way around, yeah. right? So she basically took it off, spun it around, put it back on, got ready to play again. The whole thing took about 15 seconds. It was sort of in a corner of the court mm. and she got violated for it or she got, you know, uh, uh, coded for it mm. and was rightly so you know, aggrieved by it, as were many other people kind of looking on. And I thought to myself, I was like, I'm like, why would you code someone for that when in the same day Novak Djokovic was sitting rather conspicuously shirtless with a cool ice pack around his shoulders for, you know, what must have been several minutes? Mm. And it's like, why is there this massive discrepancy between a chick taking a shirt off to turn it around the right way and a dude who can take his shirt off any which way on the court and even sit down and, you know, chill with his shirt off. And sometimes when they kind of change their shirts or take them off, they get a round of applause for it. Like, you know, it's a thing that's sort of celebrated or thought of as cool or sexy or fun or whatever it is. And a chick gets coded because... She took a shirt off for 15 seconds to turn it around the right way. Are you kidding me? You saying the word sexy, though, made me think about another thing. And this is, you know, again, the same uh, time period that Serena Williams just played at the French Open where she was wearing the cat suit, you know, kind of a bodysuit, mm. which she wore and she explained to try and stop blood clots from forming, something that she's been dealing with since the birth of her daughter and has basically been told, no, you're not allowed to do that next year at the French Open and has then fronted up to the US Open in a goddamn tutu. Yes, girl. <laughs> so good. <laughs> to which she said, quote, uh, when she teamed up with the fashion designer who worked with her on it, uh, he pulled out this tutu and I was like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> but when I was thinking about all of this stuff, I was thinking that, you know, this, what is it about all of these outfits that – 
the the certain eyes of the beholder decide is sexy. Why? You know what? why is like why is breastfeeding considered offensive and women dressing in a certain way in sport or having to dress in a certain way considered sexual? And why can we not see women's bodies in another context as we do men as elite sports people with women? It's like what a women's function it's to be a sex symbol and it's just when you when you see these two different examples it's hard not to believe that there's no other function for women to be sexual and in some cases if their bodies are exposed then they are becoming a sexual body they're not an athlete that's just bloody hot p.s it was really hot that day oh yeah it was like 40 degrees which is why people were peeling off their clothes Mm. but it becomes something that's highly sexualized which is just bullshit you know i think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you talked about the beholder I think when it comes to women's bodies, it's all about the beholder who is beholding women's bodies. Women's bodies are not their own in the same way that men's bodies are their own. Mm. Women in situations where their bodies or parts of their bodies are exposed, um, particularly in public, it becomes about the public mm. rather than the woman. Yeah. And, I, you know, like I, I, I'll tell this story sort of very quickly um, because it's, it's – and I don't mean to like bring me into this situation necessarily, but it's so pervasive – that we have all experienced it. I was at the beach the other day and my partner and I ducked in and we thought, okay, yeah, we'll go for a quick swim. We're in the car park. We didn't have our swimmers on. He gets out of the car, kind of, you know, takes his shirt off, does the towel around the waist thing, takes off the deck, shimmies the swimmers on underneath. And I'm like, oh, I've got a bra, I've got a skirt, you know, I'm trying to like juggle and like hold, hold my nook so no one sees me and make sure no one sees like my butt. And I think to myself, you know, there's like a group of guys standing there and there's a family, you know, packing their car and some girls not too far from us. I thought I should probably go to the bathroom, right? And the bathroom's like 800 metres away at this point, the closest bathroom. And so I had this moment of like, I am now contemplating walking almost two kilometres just so I don't offend or tease or annoy all of these other people. We are taught to center other people Mm. when it comes to our bodies. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not walking to no bathroom. I'm taking what it, my dacks off right here and putting on my swimsuit and I'm walking down the beach and I did it and it took 60 seconds and it was done. Like a moth to a flame burned by the fire. My love is blind. Can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes. The beautiful soft tones of Janet Jackson, one of her greatest ever songs. And I don't know about you, Jan Fran, but I've always found Janet Jackson's voice very soothing. Yeah, it's adorable. Very adorable. <laughs> I mean, she's... It is childlike. It's really child... It's, it's very similar to Michael Jackson's, right? I mean, yeah, I hate yeah. to compare, but that's... And you, you get that very kind of innocent vibe coming through, right? Well, she's decided to go an extra mile this week. I saw an amazing video which gave me a lot of joy. I think for a different reason possibly to why it'll give you joy. She's done this thing called ASMR. Have a listen to this. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Love is in the rhythm. Now we're dancing with a whole new meaning. Love is on its way to fill you up. We're made for now. Not tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So 
so she's basically visited this. You're freaking out right now. This radio station, and it's this thing that you might have heard ASMR. It's when you people, certain people, not everyone, hear certain sounds. Mainly people whispering, but then like little, not even that. Just oh god, I can't even do it. Just like little sounds and crunching and all kinds of like tiny little sounds, and it sends like tingles all over the scalp and down the back of the neck and through the spine. And I know people who have this and it's amazing that she's done this, but also I just have never quite got it. I'm jealous of the people that have it, but your reaction suggests <laughs> that you get up on ASMR. Could you see me? Like I had like my shoulders all the way up to my ears, just like as though a thousand <laughs> tingles were going up my spine. Why? I don't understand how it works. I I have no idea how. But it works. why do some people have it? In, it's like coriander. Some people think it tastes delicious. Some people think it tastes like soap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think it tastes delicious. By the way, I want to go on the record of saying that. Um, I don't know what it is about it that gives people the sensory reactions that they get to it. But I I feel like a it's it's a really weird thing to explain. It's actually like a feeling that I I don't feel watching anything else. And I do have to say that I'm. Like I'm quite into it. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's you so embarrassing. Because <laughs> do you watch the YouTube videos? Yeah. Oh my god. I do. I do, and I do it to relax as well. Like sometimes I'll, I'll have a, I will have had a big day or whatever it is. I'm like, you know what? I need to wind down. So I just like Google people eating noodles. <laughs> no. <laughs> In ASMR, and there's this lady that I really love who just eats a pickle. Like if you go onto her YouTube channel and watch this video, it's got like 10 million views. Oh, my God. And it's literally just her whispering into a microphone and then crunching really loudly on a pickle. So you like the sounds of people eating? Love it. Oh, my God. See, I could not think of anything worse. And I honestly think that I have a condition because it drives me so crazy and I hate it because it's crippling to me if I hear the sounds of someone eating like I've had desk mates that are just <laughs> eat with their mouth closed or like the the other day I had a cab driver who was chewing chewing gum with his mouth open and I just was sitting there enraged for the 10 minutes between home and work and, and I don't lo- I don't want to be this person but the fact that you enjoy that I don't understand but I don't it's so disgusting I don't enjoy it in real life Oh, yeah. okay. So if I'm at a dinner party and you're you're chewing really loudly next to me, that's not cool. That's not a cute thing to do. You're at a dinner party and I can see your mouth going and it's there's something about it being in a controlled environment. I was going to say the control that you can switch it off at any time. Yeah. Or you're choosing to listen to it. And it's also like the environment itself is very controlled. So like you know that what they're eating, they've got it there. So it's a jar of pickles. <laughs> You know what I mean? Hey, that is, I signed up to a jar of pickles here, people. You know what I mean? So it kind of, I think it works a little bit in that way where it's like if somebody is just chewing really loudly next to you at a dinner party, that's, that's, that's yeah, it's going to ruin the vibe. Yeah, and close your mouth. Just chew with your mouth closed. Close. I always yeah. feel like such a mum when I want to say that to people. Just <laughs> chew with your mouth closed. <laughs> So Louis C.K. I mm. think is back. Can we say that he um, rocked up to a comedy club in in the states, unannounced, uh, and did a set, and I think got a standing ovation yeah. for simply showing up. Yeah. Um, and I think rightly so. There are people who've kind of come out and said, "Really? 
Ten months. Ten months and also you rocked up unannounced. Like, did you did you not put any thought into that? Mm. It, it feels like a really weird thing that to think that you can just show up unannounced to a place and just slot right back in. Um, I think speaks volumes to the, I guess the, the confidence that you would have, and and the culture that allows that to kind of thrive. The culture that allows it to thrive, I think, is the kicker here. For anybody who doesn't know, the Louis C.K. story, you know, happened in the last year. He's a male comedian who. Uh, has you know the that show that we just played the theme song for um, Louis and he was basically accused by five women of masturbating in front of them, asking to masturbate in front of them in situations where it was very clear that he held the power in the room. Um, and he came out after the back of this and s- admitted to it. Um, didn't quite apologize. Admitted to it and said that he would be stepping back and taking a long time to listen. Mm. So 10 months later is, I guess, a long time for Louis um, to think about things. He didn't speak about any of these, uh, the allegations or the inappropriate sexual conduct that he has, as I said, admitted to in his set. Um, But there's been a lot of discussion off the back of this and from a lot of other women, particularly in comedy, who I think are pretty fed up. For anybody who's ever been in the comedy scene, you know that it's a lot of dudes in there, a lot of dudes named Dave. In fact, um, Zoe Kumsma has done a whole uh, set and uh, does a whole character as a comedian, a male comedian in drag called Dave to sort of take the piss out of that. <laughs> but the the thing that I've been taking away from all of this is that um, he chose and he had the freedom to choose to come back, for lack of a better word. Um, but none of the women that he harassed chose to be harassed and none of the women that he was, you know, a lot of these were women he was working with on TV series or or in other uh, workplaces, all of them and all of us have, you know, should deserve to have the chance to do our job in a safe environment. Yeah. um, And not be forced into an awful situation. And there's plenty of people who will argue, oh, but he asked and this and that and all that kind of, you know, the, the gray area that people try to squirm around in, particularly online. But the fact is that, you know, women have to deal with this and it is an unfair situation, a power imbalance and also just kind of messed up situation that's you're in a room with someone and they, it, it, no one wants to be in that situation. How is that a good situation to be in? It's a messed up situation. It's it's kind of, it's it's a weird one, right? Because I, there should be a road to redemption. I think that there are very few people in this world who are not irredeemable, right? I don't know if you get to decide your own road back to redemption, though. I just, I don't really think that's how it works. And I I kind of question this idea of him making a comeback and, you know, him being the underdog and him being this victim that has overcome these massive hurdles to throw himself back in the limelight. And it's it's almost like there's this he's being painted as some kind of a of a hero mm. of a um you know a phoenix rising from the ashes or um the the prodigal son returns all of these kind of mythical elements that we attach to to men who've you know fallen for lack of a better word i'm doing air quotes here um but i think we really do need to question that i mean is louis ck the underdog here that's the thing that i mean about the choice element he chooses to come back and he makes his own choice of how you know the nature of how he does that he turns up to this club and he gets mm. a standing ovation but none of the women who he harassed got to choose none of the women who are harassed in the comedy scene whether it's directly in a physical way or being hazed on stage or as zoe coombs ma who i mentioned 
does this great character, Dave, did an incredible Twitter thread uh, where basically she talked about her experiences as a stand-up comic doing her first set when she was 19 and acknowledged that she continued to do stand-up till she was 26 before she gave it away because she was just so fed up with it and how many women have dropped off because they just can't handle, and rightly so, this incredibly toxic, sexist and harassing workplace. And she basically mm. stood up and said, you know, we shouldn't have to channel rage. We should, shouldn't have to, quote, find a way, not when that guy gets to walk on stage to a standing ovation. Yeah. So it's about this idea of choice, the, the notion that women and men have or haven't got a choice in different realms and who has the power in these situations. I mean, he, he that that element is still available to him, right? Yeah. The element to choose when and where and how. And it's not available to the women, not back then when they were harassed, and I still don't think it's available to them now. No. I don't think they can walk into an arena and go, you know what, it's exactly as it was before. No way. They're not going to be afforded that privilege. Yeah. But Louis C.K. can walk in and go, all right, let's just pretend that the last 10 months didn't happen, eh? Yeah. I'll just do a set like it ain't no thing. All right? Okay. And there's, there's a real discrepancy there in the treatment of him being both a man and a, and a powerful man and a well-known man and a much more famous man mm. versus the women being women and in a sort of a lower status position in the comedy world. Yeah. She's got Now, this is my tenuous leak of the week. Sheila E., Prince's amazing drummer, artist in her own right. Uh, and this is Sheila E. that we're listening to because I'm talking about Sheila. Dum, dum, dum. I always do a tenuous musical link and I'm pretty proud of that one this week. It gets you there in the end, though, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I'm banging on about it. I didn't, I didn't wait for you to ask me what I'm banging on about. I'm just going straight in, Jane Yeah, Fran. just dive in. Who's shy? In. <laughs> I'm banging on about um, this excellent new series, which you might have seen Hannah and Eliza Riley jumping all over the Australian media talking about. It's a little web series called Sheila's and it's basically sh- short form show, you know, each episode's about eight minutes, showing the badass women of history and they're putting episodes up each week. Uh, one of them, the first two is which of which is on Nancy Wake, who's a World War II spy. Then there's one on Fanny Durack, who is a gold medal Olympic swimmer. Interestingly, wasn't uh, initially allowed to swim uh, because she wouldn't uh, comply by the dress standards in 1910. <laughs> <laughs> and they, were, they thought that she dressed like a slut, basically. Flash um, forward 100 years. Yeah, no, because she was exactly, oh, my God, the more things change. Uh, and Marianne Bug, who's a bush-ranging mum, and there's more to come, but it's just so wonderful because I think that the Riley sisters are so clever and so funny, and they've gotten this, you know, sometimes the best way to tell uh, the stories of history is through comedy, as we know from drunk history. Most definitely. (laughs) And their concept is great. I'm going to bang on about what you're banging on about too. (laughs) No, because I think the the concept's really great. Like I think there would be so many women throughout history who would have either invented things, contributed to things, um, you know, created things that just simply don't get the credit for it. Or written out of history. Or written out of history entirely. Like I think that's like like such a great thing. It's such a great idea and I'm so glad they're doing it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'll put a link in the show notes. But Sheila's is a web-only series, um, so you can watch it through their own portal and on uh, YouTube, but I'll chuck it in. It's so good. It's really fun and, uh, you know, obviously just showing a side of history that we have never known before for so many reasons. What are you banging on about? Well, I'm banging on – I have gone deep, Sam. 
I've gone deep into feminism. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> it's weird because the rest of this podcast hasn't really had much of a feminist bent, so weird of you to spring this on me, but sure, I'll go with it. I know, it's a Kelsey Proof. Um but you know what? I because I kind of read a lot of a lot of books by a lot of contemporary women and kind of contemporary feminism, and I did have a thought the other day. I was like, I really haven't. I'm not as well versed in the classics as what I am in kind of modern modern bookery, so to mm. speak. So I went and spent forty dollars, which I think is an egregious amount of money. When you okay, so when you email me this, you made a point of the forty dollars. You're really <laughs> stitched up by the fact that you paid forty dollars for a book, aren't you, dude? I'm stitched up because. <laughs> Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I have to say that it wasn't it wasn't a book, it was an audio book. So that is gonna <laughs> okay, cost Okay, I understand. Forty dollars is yeah. a lot of money. And it is still reading, regardless <laughs> of what people regardless of what people and my partner think, it's reading. Um but I saw it and it was like I think it's like the fiftieth edition special or something. Uh, and it's Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique, mm. which is a kind of classic of feminist literature and talks about um the mystique that would surround the housewives of the 40s and 50s who lived their lives as orbiting their husbands and their children, right? So they were always wives and mothers. They were only wives and mothers. And they were living in kind of this suburban dystopia. And she talks about the way that that impacts their psyche and their sense of self, right? And it's funny because it was written so long ago. I think it was written in the 60s. Um, and you see even now this new mystique surrounding the woman, you know, with um, hair and makeup and the beauty industry and what they're supposed to do and people defining themselves as wives and mothers. And I do have to stress we are in a very, very different context to what we were Mm. back in the 60s in that women are much more financially independent now than what they were back then. But history does have a way of coming back around, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and I think being in that space where you're reading books from that time, it just gives you a much clearer perspective of where the pendulum's at and whether or not it might swing back. So what's next? For Can you tell us what's next, given that, you've <laughs> seen, given that we are in a horrible circular history repeating itself, we're never learning anything, and now we're in the cyclical, you know, 30 to 50 years. Yeah. Uh, what, what, where are we headed, Jen you, Fran? You know where I think we're kind of headed? I think, I think women have gotten into the workforce um, and men have not gotten into the home and yeah. women have been working, but are also remain saddled with the burdens of domestic duty and, and, and children. Yeah. And I think we're going to get to a point if we haven't done so already, where we're really going to get jack of that. So I think we're going to see the pendulum swing back from this idea of, oh, isn't it great that women are in the workforce to hang on, this is a dud deal. Yeah. We need to rework this. Yeah. And I think that there'll be some people who would be you know, pulling out of the workforce as a result. And I don't blame them for a second, you know, having to shoulder two burdens. Why would you do that? Mm. That's a that's a that's a dud deal. But I think that's where we're gonna see the pendulum slightly swing back. <laughs> I could be wrong. I made this up right now, but no, you know. I, no, I think that you're right. Yeah. Well thank you, Jan Fran. Thank you so much for banging on once again. Thanks for having me. You're the best. I- <laughs> you know we love you. <laughs> And if you want even more Jan Fran in your ears, eyes, heart and feet, you can see Jan Fran weeknights on the feed on SBS Viceland and, of course, her Jan France. Seriously, the favourite few minutes I spend every other day when Jan Fran is sharing her very robust opinion on something. And it's well-researched as well. You can see that on the feed too or you can actually check it out on Jan Fran's Facebook page. Just search Jan Fran. Uh, as you would imagine, it's spelled J-A-N, new word, F-R-A-N. <laughs> I'm always spelling things for people. 
Um, and I, of course, will be with you if you ever are listening to the radio. I do a show on Double J, away from Bang On, 9 a.m. till midday, and uh, and have a bit of fun talking music and increasingly singing over songs in a karaoke style. It's probably not a selling point, is it, for radio? You know what? I've heard you do it, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> I get really excited. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're loving uh, Bang On or if you know someone who's a Jan Fran fan, so fun saying that. Um, make sure that you tell them about this episode of Bang On and uh, tell a mate, review, rate in iTunes. That helps other people find us as well. All right, that's all my housekeeping done. Is it is it against feminism for me to say housekeeping, do you think? Nah, girl. <laughs> Let's not read in that much. Like we're reading, but we're not reading in that much. On. There's there's a lady that also that I really love who just eats like um, seafood boils, which is just really copious amounts of massive shrimp. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm hearing what I'm saying right now, and I'm I'm really kind of rethinking my choices. I must I was say, not expecting this response to ASMR, but here you are. Double J. <laughs> <laughs>